Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to our podcast. It's called What's the Point? <laughs> We're so excited to have you, Alessandra Garcia Lorito. So, brief background Alessandra is a model and also a very outspoken, I would say, champion and activist of like body positivity. And, you know, obviously, as your friend, it's been so rewarding and impressive. And I'm so proud of you and like proud to be your friend because I know that you have such a strong value system and you've navigated the world in a really graceful yet strong way. Like you're not, you're not just like a model, you know, you're a model, but you're like, to me, I was explaining to Annabelle, one of my most grounded, balanced friends, and you've navigated your success. And I know that has come with its lows and its highs with such grace. Alessandra is like not afraid to speak up and speak out to brands that aren't, you know, in alignment with what's going on. And I think it's so impressive, especially because we've talked about this. We want to get into this on the podcast. Being specifically in your industry, like being a model is hard, right? And then you have to be, well, no, you have to be, you're rejected a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. there are hard parts. There are hard parts to being a model, yes, right? Yes. Like I think it's much more vulnerable than we give it credit for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, similar to acting or to any, you know, you're being judged, you know, based on certain things that, and especially like talking, we talk a lot about in a lot of podcasts about systems that have not been built by us. Yeah. Right. right, right, And that's us as women, Mm -hmm. us as certain body types, certain, you know, a certain look. And I think, you know, the reason I really wanted you on this podcast and we really wanted you on this podcast was because you have amassed great success. I'm so proud of you. And I know that you have had deep thoughts about, does this fulfill me? What am I doing this for? Is there a greater purpose? And, you know, from the outside, it it's amazing, you know, like she's in Target ads and Gap commercials, and it's incredible. 
And this podcast for us was really, it's really like, we don't have the answers. Yeah. We're just trying to learn from people around us and our peers from all different walks of life yeah. and figure out what's the point. Mm-hmm. Because I think we all come up against this. And Annabelle and I have many a time been like, we're so grateful, right? Like we have so much, we're healthy. We've done the things. We had the opportunities to live in New York. We had the jobs, the titles, the business, et cetera. And, but it's inevitable that sometimes you end up kind of waking up being like, what am I doing here and why? And am I on the right path? Yeah. And kind of staying true to yourself from the outside, at least as your friend, I've seen you be very true to yourself. Even with, you know, recently talking about campaigns you might take or not take. Yeah because of what it means to you morally. Yeah. So yeah, so that's really what this is about. It's supposed to be fun. It's very, it's very informal <laughs> and fun. Um, but good. thank you so much for being here with us and welcome thank to you the for pod. Having me, guys. So something that we always try to start with is understanding your definition of fulfillment. So what does it mean to you? Do you think that it's a static state? Is it something that's always evolving, different meanings at different stages of your life? Like what does that word mean to you? Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking that when you say, like, when you're talking about how you guys don't have the answers to these things, because nobody really has the answers. And also the answer is different for everybody, you know? So I think that's a good place to start in, in in this conversation, because fulfillment, I think, can change day to day. It can be like, you're fulfilled because you made this much money. It could be, you could be fulfilled because you, you know, made your partner breakfast, you know, you made this person happy, you did that. Like it could be in such small ways and it could be larger and more like aligned with what society has told us what fulfillment is. But I think at the end of the day, like when I'm feeling unfulfilled or haven't reached what I think fulfillment is at that moment, I think the way to get out of my head about that is just to think about it in the sense that fulfillment is a privilege to even be discussing, you know, like the fact that we can sit here and we can even have an hour to talk about what's fulfilling us is not really the case for most people in this world. So, because they're busy, you know, surviving. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, when I'm in those moments, I'm like, well, you know what? I can't even believe that I gave in to stop and have that moment, you know? And I think it's for me, fulfillment right now is just getting back to like what fulfilled me before and what my roots were. And like, you know, getting into my career was changing things and being a part of change and just even a small part of it and making other people happy and feeling that they see themselves in fashion and beauty and all these things. Cause you know, I'm in the image making business at the end of the day. And so it all comes from what images I'm putting out there that are creating a better industry, you know? And so I think that's like, when we talk about how I try and align myself with my values and what I do it's really important for me to live that way because that at the end of the day is going to be the bigger picture of fulfillment. You know, what I'm going to go to bed with. Did I do a good job today? Did I, was I doing something that I think is worth doing? And maybe sometimes it is just really selfish and just like I did it because it was a good paycheck, you know, and that made me happy for that moment and like whatever, you know? And sometimes it's a bigger conversation that I'm maybe not getting paid at all, but I know that that image or that, you know, job or whatever, what I'm doing even on a small scale, will help one person, you know, make Mm -hmm. them feel beautiful. And has that always been core to you, like growing up, like high school, you like being a change maker, like wanting to create impact, help people? I mean, I think in high school when I was a kid, I was just like, we were kids, we were surviving, you know, we were trying to just define ourselves for who we were and, and, and live. 
And I didn't think I was as like in tune with those values yet in terms of like being productive with it. But I always felt like I was somebody who I think maybe Jasmine can cooperate on that or not, but like someone who tried to make peace and and do good for others and like live that way and maybe just living. I mean, maybe I wasn't doing it on a public scale, but even in my small community, I tried to do that. Yeah, I think you have always been someone who's like this and her your dad is an actor who is also similarly like very, like your whole family is just, they're very in tune with their values. And that's not easy to do sometimes. And especially, especially in today's day. With in yeah. today's day and Instagram and like, you know, I'm a big fan of like, I think you can celebrate the vapid things as well as the, yeah. you know, like totally. there's no harm in being like, I have this many followers now because that is an accomplishment. Or like, then there's the other side where like not letting that get to your head and still standing up for what you believe in and yeah. being like, I, and I think you've done a really good job navigating that. I would say, yes, you've always had a strong sense of self, but of course, you know, we were just young, but I see that in your family too. And yeah, even totally. with your dad and how yeah. he's picked his roles and just being yeah. super. I think my parents have always instilled that in us is just like being true to who you're, who you are and what you believe in. And the other things will hopefully come after that. But yeah, with doing that, just, it's definitely been embedded in me, just my family. But I think I didn't really like find this calling or the fulfillment until I started modeling and like finding my independence in myself. And that with that, I was gaining my own self-confidence and allowing myself to be who I am and explore all the different sides of myself. And it just happened to be like through this Channel. channel that I didn't see myself going down. I wasn't, you know, setting out to be a model. It was kind of given to me, not given to me, but, you know, the opportunity was presented to me and I took it and I just made sure that I really used that opportunity as much as I could and tried to take advantage of this very unique circumstance as like a 20-year-old mm-hmm. being flown all over the world alone, having to gain, you know, some of my first shoots, I had to just like be thrown in front of a camera and in, in lingerie, you know? And like for somebody who was a 20 year old who wasn't in her body yet, that was like very confronting with a lot of things. And it was just like, I'm going to roll with this. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to like, hopefully this touches somebody else. That's going to be like, wow, I see her in this campaign, in this ad or whatever. And I'm like, that's what I do it for. That was my fulfillment. I would get, you know, DMs from people and that was fueling that confidence, you know? And it was this relationship I had with myself and with other people who were feeding it and fueling it, which obviously we know can be quite dangerous, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, I would go home to my friends and I would like be with my friends and like, that's what humbled me. And it's like that balance between, yeah, the balance between your life and then this like world that I was stepping my stepping into. And, and then that I think grew, I, that's how I grew up. I realized I became a woman through that, that uh, experience. But I think it's so amazing that you were able to stay grounded at like mm-hmm. 20 years old, being flown around the world. Like how did you like stay authentic to yourself instead of being like, oh shit, like I need to be on this diet. I need to be doing this way. Or how did you not like subscribe to like the traditional traditions of like this industry that can be very like cutthroat and just like be like, no, this is who I am. I'm embracing it. Like I come back to my family. Like, how do you do that? 
Well, I'm, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by people in my industry, like my management and stuff, who were very much supportive of who I was. And there was the movement going on when I signed with IMG that I'm still with now after college. There was change, you know, that you could smell it. It was in the air. Like there was big things happening for curvier girls. And it just felt like a really exciting time. And I just wanted to be a part of that. Like I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have those people to look up to. And so I was like, well, this is the moment to be that person for like a little girl, you know? And that's kind of just, I just rode with it. And I just took that opportunity and I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look back. And I'm one of those people who I try and like put my, my all in when I'm doing something. And that's kind of the first time that I really got to, to do that. And mm-hmm. I, and I, and it was nice. It was nice to have something that was, felt like my own. It felt like my own space. Like nobody else I really knew was doing it. And that's fulfilling too. You feel like, you know, you're your own pioneer in a sense, in your own world, in your own small community, but also in the bigger picture on the bigger stage out there. You know, you feel like you're a part of something good. You're a part of something bigger yeah. than yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful. No, but I can't imagine also just like being 20 years old and and being thrown into that world and knowing yourself well enough to stay in tune with I mean, yourself. in 20 is kind of old for some people. I mean, a lot of people do this when they're 14. Right. And I used to work with girls all the time where, you know, they hadn't seen their family in years because, you know, it was like they were just sending money to their family in like Eastern Europe and stuff. And like, what's nice about being a curve model is there's a little bit more of like a, you know, a leeway in terms of, what size you have to be. And so there's not as, there's still pressure for sure, but it's not like directly, you know, as forced upon you as I think straight size models, which is anything, basically anything above a size four is is a considered plus size model in the fashion industry. I mean, there's some leeway now. There's like this thing called, um, called middle or something. I forget the term that's like somebody probably from like a six to a 10. But I mean, anything above a size four, six, I probably, six probably pushing it is, you know, most of the women we know. Yeah. So like, I don't know many like double zero girls and that's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not really representative of the world that we live in. And so I think that's what plus models, I think, want to, to do. We just want to represent the majority, the average woman. I feel like there's a stronger sense, and again, this is a generalization because I don't know this industry at all, but I feel like there's this like stronger sense of like passion and like impact and mission that maybe curve models have because of what they're doing to create change than, you know, a traditional like size zero. Yeah, I mean, I think just like a woman of color would be in the industry. It's still, if there's an image of us in a magazine, like that's considered an act of, of activism, you know, like it's considered groundbreaking to be in these spaces that never, that didn't welcome us really for a long time. And they still don't really welcome us in a lot of ways, but I think there is that responsibility and you have to be ready to be that person. And luckily I was, I signed up for that and I knew that. And so I wasn't ever going to just be flippant about that. And so I think when I signed on to do this kind of work, I knew that I was going to have to occupy that kind of role and I, and I wanted to do that. I was ready to do that. And that goes back to fulfillment because I felt like it was something that wasn't, you know, although there were days that could be vapid, like, you, you know what I mean? You obviously have those moments, but then there's, there's a lot of moments where you're like, wow, this is so cool. Like I'm the first to do this, you know, I'm the first person to be here and to make this kind of ripple effect in an industry or, or just even part of a collective of women who are doing that, you know, and, and, 
that was cool. And that was everything that I, I looked for in my entire life. So it's just like to be a part of it, to be somebody who was doing that felt really exciting. Because you could also throughout, how long have you been doing this? I started in, well, I was like kind of part-time modeling while I was in college, which was in 2012. And then I really started in like 2014, 15. And then when I first, like, you know, when I first started modeling, like I didn't get any jobs, like there was nothing. And it was like dead for a year, basically. But there was just something in me that knew that something was going to happen. And I just, I don't know, maybe I was naive or young Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I just stuck it out. And I just started filling my time with other things. I like interned here and whatever, but I was like, I know it's going to happen for me. And it's, or, you know, happen in the sense where I can make a living out of this, you know? Because you've really like grown up with this industry, right? Like you were a kid and now you're an adult, really. And the industry has also changed so much. Mm -hmm. So like you've had the experience of growing up, but you've also had the experience of being part of this new industry coming into like being and to create so much impact. Yeah. And I think anybody can relate to any industry, we kind of feel a little bit out of control, you know? Like, we're not really the people making the big decisions, usually. And so you kind of get lost in there in the unwavering a little bit and, like, when things kind of slow or when things don't feel like you're at your best peak, you know, you're like, what what's going on here? And you kind of feel lost in it because then it becomes this, like, big, bad wolf. Mm-hmm. Like, any industry that you're in, I just happen to be in the fashion industry, but if you're in entertainment or in business or in finance, there's always something else that's going on that you can't really, you know, fully rely on, Mm -hmm. which is, I think when you really have to go back to what fulfills you, what like in terms of your values, maybe find that in other places in your life. Does fulfillment and success mean the same thing to you? It was to me for a little bit. I mean, one of the reasons why I got into this, this like going forward with it was because I wanted, my main goal was I mean, obviously, I, I, like I said, I wanted to change the industry. I wanted to be a part of that. But I also wanted to make a living. Like, I was, mm-hmm. that was really important to me, was to be independent from my family and, like, create a good living for myself. And that, to me, was fulfillment. I felt really good about that. And success was, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that it was, like, extreme dollar signs. But it just felt like I could live my life without my parents. And that felt... That, to me, was very fulfilling for a long time, among other things. I think what what I've gotten lost in in the last few years is getting too sucked into that. And it's not really about the money, I think. I think that's a a very temporary Band-Aid for fulfillment because money ebbs and flows so much for the rest of our life, you know? Like, like we're going to have to deal with some days making more money and some days not making as much money just because— I mean, I'm in freelance, so that's just the nature of my industry, you know? But I think what I've come to realize is that's that's a slippery slope and you shouldn't go down that road. As somebody who's done, like, fulfilled that and gotten that peace from that and happiness from money, I'm like, I can't go down that road again. Right. So you think it changes all the time, right? I think it changes all the time. and I. But I think what I'm coming to realize is that fulfillment can be quite dangerous, like those types of of fulfillment because some things aren't as pure and long lasting as say something like money. Well, what I have found, obviously this is like an interesting podcast recording because I know Alessandra so well, but what I have found really cool and impressive and like what inspires me as your friend is 
Like you're a dynamic person. She yeah. like loves to cook and she's an incredible cook, an incredible host. You have all these interests beyond what your like day job is. Yeah. And I feel like you are more increasingly finding ways to meld the two. Yeah. So like, it's like, this is what has been traditionally bringing in money. Yeah. And like, quote, success. Yeah. And then these are the things I like. I guess my question is how much of that, like that can't be easy to do, right? Like it's not like, it doesn't feel like anyone can just be like, I want to do something for the food and wine festival, right? Like I think you're creating, I feel like you're very good at creating opportunities. Yeah, but I mean, I think for something like cooking, you know, is a hobby of mine that I've loved my whole life. It's been very difficult for me to step into the space of monetizing it because of that fact. Okay. Because it's something that fulfills me so separate from making money, you know, and being a career, it's like precious to me. And so mm-hmm. it's been very difficult for me to actually even think about it in those terms because of that very fact. Because I know my day job, I've gone down that road mm-hmm. and it sometimes gets taken from you in certain ways, you know? And so you're you're just like, why am I going to taint the the experience I have with cooking that gives me fulfillment on another level that's more emotional and more, to me, it's more pure. It's like, it's like right. being well, a child and enjoying, a, you know, whatever, playing a sport or something. It's like, then all of a sudden you become a professional athlete and that's it becomes, probably fulfillment on another level. But sometimes, I mean, I've heard that a lot of times where people who, who love to cook, they go to culinary school and then they hate it. They right. hate cooking. Because it becomes like this chore. It becomes this like. It's no longer playful. So how do you find that balance between something that you enjoy and something that makes you money? Money that's kind a, of. That's kind a of tough one actually because it's so true because when it's just a passion, it's very like pure and you do it for fun and whatever. And once With you no start tying. Exactly. Yes. No expectations. Once you start tying money to it or hard goals yeah. or pressure. Then it becomes like, okay, like this is like now shifting to like, this is a career. This is not a fun passion anymore. Yeah. Then you have deadlines and then you have exactly. things, expectations, and then you have to rise. Unfortunately, <laughs> we, we don't really love plateaus in, in our lives. You know, we, we try and get more and more and more just because of the society that we live in, you know? And so how are you going to do that with something that like you just enjoy to do for fun, you know? Yeah. I have a friend, Charlotte, who you know. Mm-hmm. Who's like, I don't, which I really respect. And and this is exactly why we have this podcast is to learn from people. She's like, I think you have this idea that you need to be making money from the thing that you're good at and that you love. That's not necessarily true. Yeah. And like we were saying for, we all have immigrant parents. Like that wasn't really an option either. I mean, in some way your dad is in the arts. He's an actor. So he does represent that. You know, that. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. But. It is true, but right? It's quite it's one, luxury, in one in a million. Yeah, you it's know? a luxury. Yeah. I think my dad loves what he does. He loves work, and it gives him some peace. But you know, if you talk to him about when he was in high school, he wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Like I think yeah. that's also something to come to terms with. Is yeah. like maybe maybe you can just love to cook, and it's not yeah becoming a chef. Yeah, you know, like maybe. But it's so it is. funny because everybody. I think we fall into that paddock. I mean, it's the amount of people who have told me to do something with my cooking in terms of like a show or like just monetize it in some sort of way, you know, is because they see me enjoy it so much. 
And I'm like, you know, I don't know. Are we supposed to be, are we, do we have to make everything in our life a career? Do we have to monetize our passion? Yeah, do we have to do yeah, that? Yeah, does and everything like, have to come back down to money? But because money is the, is the world's fulfillment. But you know, the, we yeah, live in a capitalist society. Of success. Yes, yes, because we have to make money to make the world go around. So we're built in this, we're just a cog in the money-making machine. If we don't make money, we don't spend money. And then everything gets, you know, well, and also, the world slows down. In this country, you also, the truth is, there's a lot of back and forth on this, like, because, you know, there's this whole thing, money doesn't buy happiness. And I agree, I don't think it buys happiness, but it does buy you access, time. Freedom. Freedom, like freedom to have these conversations. Yes. Like you said earlier, yeah. like freedom to sit at this table and be like, what does fulfill me? And that is a privilege, you know? And I think, so it's tough because on one hand, I'm like, yeah, money doesn't buy you happiness, but it does, especially in this country, Annabelle's Canadian. But in this country, if you want the best healthcare, the best education, yes. that's all totally money. Yeah. Like that isn't, unfortunately. Yeah. In America, it's certainly, you know, that's how we operate. Yeah. And it's hard not to get caught up in that. Yeah. I think. But I also think it's part of our culture and what you unknowingly subscribe to in society to have yes. people say, oh, like you like cooking. Why aren't you monetizing that? You cook so well. Like, why aren't you monetizing that? Right. Like that noise is, I would say like, it feels kind of normal for people around us to say that just yeah. because of like the society that we're all like, of course, subscribe of to. course. Absolutely. I think it's like, you know, somebody can start making jewelry as like a pastime. And then all of a sudden, that's like, like why aren't you selling they it? have a business, Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. I know so many, that's happened to so many people I know. And so it's, and then it becomes their life and whatever. It's great. But I'm just saying like, it's usually the path. People aren't just making jewelry just to make jewelry sometimes, you know, it's like. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Why can't we just do that? Why can't we just knit a sweater for our friend, you I know? I do you think it's make sucks. an Etsy shop. It's like <laughs> totally. I do think it sucks the passion out of something because all of a sudden it goes from, you know, I talk about this with friends all the time, like it's almost the energy you're bringing into it, right? Because you're if you're knitting a friend for your sweater, there's so much love there. Yeah. And it's like so pure and yeah. innocent. And then it's like if you're knitting a sweater because you want to open a Nazi shop and that's going to be your lifeline and that's like, yeah. there's so much pressure. It's like yeah. surrender and playfulness yeah. versus like an ease yeah. versus like, this is going to be my big yeah. million dollar idea, yeah. which I've definitely fallen into and been like, is this viable? Yeah. And it's like, well, can you just try it and see if yeah. if it's fun? Yeah. Or like, well, if I mean, like for, you- for me, cooking was that break from being on. Like when you're modeling, you're like on a 
long day of being on, you know, you have to be smiling, you have to be like performing for a long time. And so for me, it's like when I came home and cooked myself dinner or cooked my friend's dinner, even like I didn't have, it was like I was honing in, I had a task at hand that I didn't have to think about anything else. And I can just focus on that. So it's like, if that for so long was the balance of my life of having the job that necessarily wasn't like, there's things about modeling that I really love and I'm passionate about, but like what I like about my job is that it isn't my number one passion, you know, that it isn't like. That's so the, fascinating. The one thing that I'm like, this is my life. I was born to do this, you know? And so because like you, like Charlotte said, you know, I think it's good to have a little bit of that balance to be a little bit detached from it because we do work in businesses and you kind of, if you have too much emotion and, and passion and a lot of these things, I think they can get a little bit messy. And so you, I'm like, I'm happy with the balance of how I feel about my job. And which is, how do you feel about your job? I feel like it's part my livelihood, a part sometimes really exciting and fun and creative and sometimes really mundane and, and, you know, the day to day, like sometimes work isn't so exciting all the mm-hmm. time, you know? But that's okay. I think we need to normalize that, like, not exactly. every day yeah, is all exactly. rainbows and blood butterflies. 100%. 100%. I, I always say that. I'm always like, today was just a day at work, you know? Like, yeah. I'm just like, it was what it was. And sometimes I'm like, I had an amazing day. It was so exciting. You know, we were like, dance. it was like a fun, creative, like, like, again, I said, we we're in the business of making images, like, creative day of making an image, you know? And that was probably the most fulfilling days but that's not necessarily like the ones that's pay me the most. So it's like you're there needs to be a balance. Of, yeah. Oh yeah exactly. You can't expect to have it all right yeah. away. Yeah. But I think what's also interesting is like going back to the passion side of things and like, you know, you love cooking and you want to keep it pure. There's also a lot of people, myself included over the years, that I've lost a lot of my passions because I have been so thrown into this like work career side of things. And I just kind of gave up on them because I'm like- You haven't scheduled your passions into yeah, your life. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> scheduled my passions into my life. And then at a certain point, I'm like, holy shit, what are my passions? Yeah. Like, what am I actually like to do outside of work? And then you start to see sometimes that like your work, personal life have like collided, yet you lost all the like playfulness and yeah. magic of your youth. The things that brought me so much joy as like a kid, whether yeah. it was like cooking or arts and crafts or- playing sports. Like, why am I not doing that now? Because they're quote unquote, not productive or Mm -hmm. like, they don't like make me sound busy or successful. Like, why are we like losing those things that bring us incredible happiness and fulfillment because they're not being monetized? Yeah. I think I'm sure there's many people who feel that way, who just don't have time to enjoy their life. And maybe because it's not even if they have the time to do it, they probably we're not just, making time to. Well, just make, yeah, you kind of have to. You kind of have to do. I there's been times way. where I don't cook, and then I'm like, I have to co cook something, you know, because it's something I know that'll make me feel better. I completely feel that way. This conversation is really reminding me that in the most humbling way, like I just feel like I've gotten a lot of things wrong because I do think like I definitely suffer from that sort of mentality, which I do think is partially like my parents. Mm-hmm. Not, and I don't mean that as any yeah insult to them. Right, 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 but you know, very like, if you're not working, like you're dying. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're not like doing and then like it almost, but that almost becomes paralyzing because- But that's also hustle culture teaching Well, isn't there like a movement now of people taking like, like years, a year off, like a gap year, like people in business? Yeah, which I guess what Europe is doing in general, no? (laughs) Like sabbatical, like doesn't, don't you have people- Yeah, but also they're talking about like people our age. Oh, really? Like sabbatical? Yeah, my cousin- 
Gabby sent me an article because she's like been thinking about she wants to do this. And there's it's literally called like the gap year for an adult, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's like they just take a year off from their job and they go travel. They go do reconnect something. with yourself. Yeah. You go reconnect with yourself and what you want to do and or whatever, you know, maybe it's you find yourself back to where you started or you go off, whatever, you know, who knows. But I think that's a lot of people will find themselves in that boat because we're just like trying to survive and trudge along and just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then we find ourselves like, whoa, what am I I've doing I've veered here? off course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to be very in tune with yourself and brave enough and courageous in order to go against the mold like that and be like, yes. I'm taking a year off yeah, at 30. That's what the pandemic kind of forced us all to do. Yes, right. That's true. right. But the pandemic was quote unquote easy for those privileged enough yes. of us to do so, to just take that time off and lean in. And I, again, was very privileged to have my inner journey yeah. start during COVID. But now it's now against the norm to just like take some time off yeah. and just figure out who you want to be. But so you have to be strong enough in yourself to be able to do that. It's very hard. It's very, very demanding. I think we've been programmed to to certainly get our fulfillment from being productive. Right. And so if you're not productive, then what the hell? Who are you? But productive. You lose yourself. Well, productive think- in the sense of like professional side because yes. taking a yes, year yes, off exactly. productive yeah. could be no, exactly. so productive. Right? Yeah, no, that is key. Yeah, yeah it's productive in, in, well, what's the first thing we ask people? What, yeah, do, you what do? do you do? And it's the worst question. It's a terrible question. That's also like so a New York defining. thing. Yeah. That's constant in New York here, at least in LA. I feel, I'm still newer to LA, but I feel like people are more like want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Like I remember Jasmine, when we first met, I didn't even know what you did till the end of our conversation. We sat there for like three hours talking. Yeah. Yet we talked about so much yeah. deep stuff and I felt like I knew you soul level and I didn't know what you did surface level. And yeah. that was beautiful. Yeah. And that's the beginning of That's our friendship. Great. But so often it's like, what do you do? Who can you introduce me to? How can you help me? Yeah. Versus like, I want to get I mean, to I mean, I hate that, that question because I think model, when I say model, people like judge it very much. Like it's, it's not an easy thing to answer because people have their judgments on what a model is. Oh, a hundred percent. So then they're also like, you are model. Like they're like, people are confused. And then people you know, once they get to know me and whatever, see my work and they get it. But like, it's one of those things where I'm like, ugh, I have to explain myself what I do. And then people are like, well, who do you model for? What do you do? It's like, do I ask you what about your your job like that? Yeah. Like, it's just weird. But yeah, I mean, I, I hate that. And just a bigger picture. I, I don't like that question for anybody. I think a lot of this like was making like what I'm remembering right now is I think a lot of like why someone wouldn't take that gap year at 30 or, you know, like a lot of large part of like our conversations with everyone we've talked to on this podcast is this idea of following what's true for you. But that takes a lot of courage and a lot of like, you have to stop judging yourself. Yeah. Because people will probably judge you regardless, right? If you're a model, if I say I work with my family business, if I do that, you know, like there's judgment with anything. Yes. And but it's like you have to almost stop judging yourself because at least for me, I found like I'm my own worst enemy. I The reason I'm not doing a lot of the things is because I'm paralyzed by my own. Like, well, what does that mean about me? What does mm-hmm. that look like? What is that? What will people think of me? Yeah. And you definitely have to suspend all of that. Like it's hard. You Self-doubt. cannot think about. I remember that in my early in my career because I think I was putting myself out there in a way that people didn't see me usually, you know? And so you really have to just like, 
forget about blinders. That. You have to put major blinders on. And that's think that the only way to succeed, you yeah. know, whatever that means, whether that's money or fulfillment or whatever. I think that the only way to do that is really put blinders up because I think the major blocks in our life are others and what others we think others think of us. Yeah. We literally live our lives based on how we think other people think about us. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We're not even entirely sure what they think. And usually I have found, again, very humbling. If I'm like, my friend will probably think this of me and then I'm always wrong. Also, like, yeah. no one cares. Also, everyone no one is the everyone center of themselves. Think, so. I also think, yes, yeah, everyone's I think the also, center of their own movies. Like, no one is, like, I mean, I say so this much. to Jasmine all the time. Like, I also think, like, that's healthy. If they want to think that about me and that, like, helps them get to bed at night and they want to focus on somebody else to get through it and, like, that they want to talk about that or do that, then that's fine. And I could be that vehicle for them. If I need, if they need someone to talk about and I have to be that person, then okay. But, like, if I'm not hurting anybody and I'm not trying to, ruffle any feathers really like and I'm just doing myself and doing me and doing something that makes me happy then who cares really but, but you if have they to need to get use, to a point to have to that judge me to make themselves feel that's better. also a superpower of yours though that's yeah. like unique to you that you can do that I'm not saying you're perfect and you do no, it all no, the time no. but yeah. I know that yeah I just, just that's what I tried about yeah, it but yeah mentally I just try to put myself in that position of like okay you know what if they need a little gossip and they want to judge me for putting out this photo or doing this or saying this or whatever, then how I did can't you develop that. this sense of like self-love and just kind of not subscribing to everyone else's opinions? I mean, I had a lot of alone time in my first couple years of my career, just like having to do that work, just like having to again, like I was just thrown in the lion's den of like having to build that confidence from the ground up really fast. And that's why I'm always grateful to my job and what I did because it really allowed me to do that at like a young age and create that foundation mm -hmm. that I know I'll have with me for the rest of my life. And I think that it's just, you know, I don't know. I wasn't, I don't know how I did it. I wasn't reading any books. I wasn't listening to any podcasts. I wasn't, I have no idea. I think it was really just like having to rise to the occasion. Like I just had to do it instead of learn or think about it or like I really had to do. And I think that's the only way that I can look back and be like, that's how I did it. Because yeah. I don't know. I don't know where this, where I got the tools or I was kind of making it up as I went along. Like I just, you know, really had to work on myself and make sure that I could, and I'm still working on myself, by the way, obviously there's still things that I need to work on. But in terms of the first building blocks of that, I really think it was like just being by myself. I, sad. It's sad when you think about it, but it's, I mean, thinking about my being by myself as a, in your twenties can be like a sad image, but it actually like really allowed myself to grow. I think like as an observer of your career, I've said this, I've observed this before. I don't know if I've actually said this to you, but so we're very like, you know, doing the work, we talk a lot about it and like, we're, it's almost like in a almost comical way, like a part of my personality. Like I'm like self-help, you know? And yeah, I think, Jasmine and I initially bonded on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. Like my it's obviously, my yes, healer. Totally. Yeah, and yeah. it's great. Which and is, it's, those are a good thing. I mean, yeah. you know, you could always use those tools. I think what I've noticed for you, which is amazing, is I was like, I know, obviously growing in tandem with you, like that you're doing that work and it's like through experience and yes. like privately and in yeah. your own, it's not like, you know, it's not in this like almost meme way that I'm doing it, which is like fine. I've no judgment. Well, no, I know I'm proud obviously of who I am, everybody's but, like, different and everybody's. Yeah, but you've done it in a very it, like 
where you've said things to me, like through just like life experience and like being prepared for success and all these things. And we've talked about those things where I'm like, oh, like this is, I mean, it's remarkable, right? Because I think it's like literally through life asking you to be that person. But you've had to be self-aware enough to realize and to take in the advice from your own experiences and have it shape you versus like for me, like I learn mostly I need to kind of, not that I need, I love the support of a coach and a therapist and like people around me to really, you know, push me to uncover things. Not that I'm not self-aware enough on my own, but I may not see something in the experience and I may need the support to kind of call it out to me, right? But you've really taken your experiences and we're like, oh, I learned that about myself today. Like for next time, I'm going to do this. Like you've really like taken it in. Yeah. And I don't even know if I even did that. Like, I don't even think I was really even thinking about it. I just knew I had a job to do. And in order to get the job done, I had to be this type of person and that type of person. I mean, also it's a lot of fake it till you make it. And Mm -hmm. I think when you fake it till you make it a lot of the times, like it's just becomes part of you, you know, like it's, I just had to hustle in that way. And if I was on set and I was, you know, insecure and, you know, think thought of myself in this like small way that was not going to get me another job. So like, to me, it felt very easy to just, well, I have to put on this superhero coat of confidence in order to get the next job. And like, it was just so funny. I remember I worked with a client probably like my first year of modeling and I was with a bunch of other girls who were like the plus girls at the time, you know, like they were the big models. and we were doing this whole job and I was like, just, and I, I, that's another thing. I was just looking around and I was just absorbing and I was just trying to see how they did it, how they worked, talk, you know, just learn. And I remember being there and I was like, I'm like this, the youngest one here. I'm like the newest one to this industry. And I just was like, kept my mouth shut and just, we were shooting with this really big photographer and it was really exciting. But I mean, I was the weakest link there. I was probably the worst model there. And in terms of like skill set. And then a few years later, I worked with the same client and like, she comes up to me, the woman who like, who, you know, was representative of the client. And it was like, you've just changed so much. Like you've gotten so much better. Like you can just tell that she called my manager, like was just saying like how much I've grown and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, so there is a method to madness here. Like there Mm -hmm. is something that I'm doing correctly here. And so I literally took that experience when she was, gave me that positive reinforcement and been like, okay, I just have to do that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And like, as silly as you felt and as like crazy as you feel, because obviously, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody modeling, it can get kind of silly, but like you have to do it. And that's that was the job I had to do. But I think what you said before that I love is that you throw on your superhero cape on, you yeah. know, and you by the time you do that so many times, yeah. then you start to be like, oh, I am a superhero. Now it's like, like you become me. that person. Now it becomes easier to do so, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, okay, now it's just part of my skin, you know? Like, it's always on, like, like Superman with his... Yeah, and then once you on. reach that level, yeah. then there's always something else. Like, the whole fake it till you make it, it's like, you fake it till you make it, and then you reach, like, one level, and then you have another level. You're constantly up-leveling, yeah. so you're constantly faking yeah. it till you make it, and you never really make it, yeah. which is, I think such a great way to show that like in life, like we're constantly trying to be a better version of ourselves and constantly learning and to grow and growing. 
But like, we're never like making it. There's always another version of ourselves yes. that we need to No, uncover. sure, sure. Yeah, the making is never really happening. Yeah. You're never going to make <laughs> exactly. it. Like you make it to one level. Keeps moving. Yeah, right. exactly. It's a exactly. level, I think. Yeah. I feel like we get to other levels, like a video game yeah. of yeah. ourselves. Yeah, but totally. that satisfaction has to come from just showing up every day and being like, well, well, because I definitely do this. I know a lot of people do. When you are like, I'll be happy when, or yes. like, yes. when I meet the guy. And I really or, got into that. That. Really? Yeah, totally. When? Like when I was in the peak, I mean, I hope not, I haven't reached the peak of my career, but I mean, when I was really working a lot and I was like, I mean, I was making good money. I was like probably on a plane every single week, if not two. And I was just in it. And I was just like, this is it. Like, I need to keep going. I need to keep going. I need to do it. Like, I just like, I would put down a number on a piece of paper and I'd be like, I need to make this much money this month. And then once I would get that much money, I would be like, next month I got to make. So I was just like in this crazy, you know, hamster wheel. wheel. And so I think what happened with the pandemic, it really shut me down and it stalled my career in a different way. And then I had to be like, all right, I can't do that anymore. I can't go back. I even now, like, as things have gone more normal, I'm like, I can't be that girl again. I'm just, first of all, too old to physically do that Mm -hmm. anymore. But also like, what was that? that, I mean- Okay, cool. Was that cool? Like, I, I missed out on a lot of life. Like, I was always traveling. So now I'm like, I want the balance. And I want to live a more balanced life in terms of my personal life and my career. And how do you get that balance? I don't know. I'm literally just starting to figure that out. But I think you say no more often. And you just try and, I don't know, create a life for yourself that maybe isn't as crazy. I mean, you really have to actively, just like you have to actively pursue your passions just for your own happiness. Um, you have to actively find balance. So something I wanted to talk about, cause we've talked about this quite a bit and like, this is the whole purpose of the podcast really is like, it's so difficult as being a woman at a certain age. And there's all these expectations, like what we were saying earlier, you subscribe, yeah. you unknowingly subscribe to like by this age, I should be X. Yeah. And you can fill in the blanks. Yes. Right. Totally. I should and make have this a amount kid, of money. Make this kid. amount of money, yeah. be married. Yeah. Like, I guess the question's a little twofold. I haven't exactly organized my thoughts, but it's like knowing that you've gone through those ups and downs and you've been up against that. I, I so am I. Yeah. So are you. Yeah. And being in an industry where like would would scare me about modeling if yeah. I were a model is like it feels I'm a little controlling which I'm yeah. to not be, yeah. it feels so out of your control. Yeah. So how do you even write down that number and be like, I'm going to make this? Like, it's not like, you I know, don't know. A sales I mean, I was just job. manifesting, I guess. Right, but, but it's not like a sales job where you're like, I'm going to, you know, it's yes. not like tangible yeah. in that way. It's yeah. like so much. Yeah. It's like the puppet show, you know, and it's totally. acting is the same way. Totally. And totally. I think, I guess, like, I mean, that was my you... form of manifesting, I guess. And I yeah. would definitely, like, I was doing it for a while, for mm-hmm. sure. And that was, again, fulfills you. I mean, it's like a drug, you know, you get like, yeah, you're like, I get here. And yeah, then. exactly. But I think you have to have a very like, yeah, in particular personality to deal with modeling because it is so erratic. And so, I mean, I can be on a flight on Thursday and like, you know, or not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nobody, a lot of people like somebody like you, who I know who likes a schedule. And by the way, most people are like this. I think it's very unique to people in this kind of industry who can handle that kind of thing. And handle rejection all the time. But which we need to talk about too. Yeah, we'll talk about rejection. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just you have to just have a certain type of brain to deal with that. 
And I think that's the hard part about modeling. I don't think actual modeling can is hard. I think the business of modeling or like the parts around it, that's a very unique and hard experience. And not taking things personally from all the things around you and just making you cannot sure. take things personally. And and you know, it's so funny. Like I talk to other models and like everybody has their fulfillment in that and in, in what they want from the modeling industry. They want to be, you know, rich and famous. They want to just be a working model. You know, there's plenty of girls I know who are just like, I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like, listen, I have an amazing life. You know, like I live in New York. I have my thing. Like she's like, I just want to make enough money to live this life. And that's it. And I'm like, that's so refreshing. Like I, I kind of, now that I'm in my thirties, I'm like, I kind of agree. I'm like, do we, yeah, we get all excited about the fun, shiny jobs and doing the high fashion gigs and doing, becoming this person or being tied to this brand or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's still, you know, something to just pay your bills and that's okay. You know, sometimes it's just that. Normalizing yeah. that. So how do you deal with rejection? Cause that's a really big one. Um, I, so because I come from an acting family first, I've seen rejection from a very early age, just with my people and my family dealing with that. And I think for me, it's what my dad always told my sisters who are actresses, like, that's not the gig. The gig isn't getting the job. The gig is the audition, you know? And so for me, I'm like, I just had to find other things about the job that I had to enjoy than just like getting the job. And so to me, that was enjoying, you know, somebody writing me like a a really nice note on a DM being like, you've made me feel more beautiful, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so it's like, that's kind of at the end of the day where you have to find your enjoyment because you're going to get rejected all the time. And also not taking it personally. And like for models, it's a bit less different than like acting, which you get really tied to a job and then you get, you know, the rug pulled from under you, which is really bad and really hard. Modeling is like, there's another gig, there's another gig, there's another gig, there's another gig. And so you get a little bit of more of a leeway there. Like you're, you're cushioned a little bit more because you can just move forward, move forward, which doesn't help with the goalpost mentality because you're just like, well, I already did that job. Like sometimes I had, a, I was having a really hard time not enjoying my accomplishments and like relishing in that and just being like, wow, I didn't even like that. I just did that thing that I've been wanting to do for four years and not even enjoying it, you know, because I'm already on to the next because fashion moves so fast. Yeah. So I've had to learn how to do that more. In the moments, this is like both personal and professional. I genuinely don't know the answer to this. In the moments where you're like, because I have seen you in real time be like, just not really fulfilled right now with work or like work is slow or work is great, but like, it's just not that exciting or yeah. whatever it is. And and with personal life, which yeah. we've talked about many times, like you go through moments where you're like not dating anyone and then yeah. you are dating a million people. And yeah. then like, it's just normal. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Right. In those moments where like life is the in-between moments, right. Yeah. Which is most of life yeah. where it's not so big and exciting and like yeah. this big moment what do you do to keep yourself sane and happy and like still show up with grace and peace? Well, that's something that I've had to work on for sure in the last couple of years. And I think that it, it that's also tied to like tuning out the noise because I think what we're, our expectations of ourselves are usually tied to others a lot of the time. I'm in the image-based industry. So people, I put my images out and everybody sees it. It's not like my friends who work in finance. I have no idea what's going on in their job. (laughs) You know, they could be having a terrible month. And I don't know, you know, they're not following their company's work. So, but you see my work online. You know, you see it if I post it, you see. And so it's like, if I'm not posting what I'm doing, people think I like don't model anymore. Right. Like 
I've had people say that to me, you know? You can be off Instagram for a break and it's like, no. you don't have a job anymore. They're like, are you even working? I haven't seen you <laughs> post. I'm like, no, I'm just like not posting right now. Sorry. Like, you don't want to see my e-com jobs that I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And whatever. So like, I think that gets in my ear and then I just have to learn to just tune that out. Just being like, okay, people are just asking questions to ask questions. It's like, nobody's feeling, you know, your failure, your like down in a moment isn't, they're not, nobody's actually seeing that. You know what I mean? It's like, it, you just get. It's also social media as a structure. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that you get a little bit influenced by what you think people are thinking about you. And then you're just like, again, nobody's actually thinking about yeah, you. No one cares. Yeah. So how do you not let this career, and you've been in this for like over eight years now, let it become your identity? That's what I was going to ask. Oh. Really? <laughs> and like, this is why we makes, started a podcast. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> makes good. I love It's that. like that. And like to tail off that is speaking about social media has become such a, in many ways, a positive vehicle for your career. Yeah. And like life, you know, we've talked about kind of your dating profile and something like it's like it is just it has its good and has its bad. Yeah. How do you not have it be tied up in your identity? That's A. And then B, to that point, we've discussed this about influencers in general. Like I've seen, you know, you grow a following and like it's been wonderful to watch and never once have I felt like that's gone to your head or like that external validation. Maybe it's it's fueling your confidence and that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. But I've never felt like. Yeah. I, right. It's been, at least from the outside, seemed to have been a positive force. Yeah, you stayed grounded yeah. through that. And I think, I don't know I, if I was 20 years old and I had all these followers, how, what, what I would be like. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I don't. You know, but I just I think, don't know. I think having a balance, like a work family. I mean, I'm really close to my family. I'm really close to my friends. Like, I mean, they're not in the industry. Like, mm-hmm. they're not, you guys aren't, my friends aren't those people, you know? So it's like, I think if I was surrounded by maybe more people that were like in it, I don't know. I, I think I really value my my friendships and my family. And that to me is real life, you know? And so I just focused on that. I think that's where that comes from because I don't know. I mean, I think my dad, I mean, seeing my dad, you know, grow the fact that he was able to turn his passion to his business and then gain his fame or whatever, like, and he always instilled in us, like, that's, you know, that's not real life. Like, that doesn't matter. You know, my dad was still took us to, to school every morning, you know? So it's like, and how fame can also be really toxic to people. And not that I'm famous, but like this small following I have on Instagram, whatever, doesn't mean anything really, you know? And I think that's where I find that balance is so, just focus so really on having the outside world just be very apparent helps you not identify with this. Yeah. And I guess and for your, your day terms, job. Yeah. In terms of your question, like my job not being my, my identity is same answer. It's like the balance. My identity is not based on my job. My identity is based on what my friends think of me and what my family thinks of me. And that's what's most important to me. And like, well, I mean, it's, that's how I feel like we all feel about each other, you know? And I think just having a good friendships and having good family around me just taught me that, I guess. I've been very lucky to be blessed with those, the people in my life. And I would never take that for granted. For what? For like people that haven't been there for me in ups and downs. They're just my colleagues at this point, you know? So the last question we ask at the end of every podcast is, our podcast is called What's the Point? So <laughs> what's your point? What is your why? And it's fine oh, if it's God. just for right now. Because um, we know it changes. Yeah. Okay. I think the point is to, to me right now, 
I am just trying to live life to enjoy. And by mean, I live life. I mean, just do all of the unfun stuff to enjoy the fun stuff, to find the balance between that two. Because I think what taught me in the pandemic, even more so, is what's what is truly fulfilling and important are the people in your life and finding the happiness with them. Because I've been to the other side where I've missed out on a lot of that stuff. And I'm telling it's not worth it. And so right now I'm just trying to find that balance because at the end of the day, I still got to pay my bills, but I want to hang out with my friends, you know, my family. And that's my point right now. So beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alessandra. That was amazing. We appreciate how raw and vulnerable you were yes, with us. Yes, thank I've you. I've learned a lot. Yes. It's honestly nice to get to know you in a different, you know, like it, yeah. you don't ask your friends these questions yeah. really, even if you have a deep relationship with them. Thank you so thank much. You. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 